The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn, joined as always by Anchu Kana. Anchu, we've got week eight on the docket. We're going to get to it. Love to hear how you're doing. I'm doing well. <laughs> you were waiting for me to finish a sentence there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Usually you're, you know, you'll you'll kind of tee it up, but that was that was a pregnant pause, and I am it was. ready. To it was go. intentional. It was intentional. I was uh, <laughs> just getting you getting you worked up so we can remind all of our friends about this podcast one survey that we told them about last week. Uh, we've got this in all of our ads this week, as we did last week, and we're just wanting to hear. From all of our people out there that are listening to our shows, and this is heavily impacting our advertising opportunities going forward for all the shows. So uh, I, I would love it if you guys could just go out there if you haven't done it already. I know a lot of people have texted on you and I and said that they've already gone out there and, and done this for us. I know him and I have both filled ours out. Uh, but, you know, if, if you could do this, this would help us immensely. You just go to podcast one. That's podcast dot com slash survey. Uh, and if, if you just. Mention the names of the underdog podcasts that you listen to. I know I mentioned the underdog, which is on shoes, uh, but there's there's obviously several of them out there on our network. So if you're listening to any of those, including ours, we would just love you to to mention that uh, and, and fill out that survey for us. Again, that's at podcast one o n e dot com slash survey on you. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in there, and I know I uh, I gave the feedback I had at your show, uh, the underdog podcast which i listen to regularly as well uh which i always love to hear you and chris go back and forth i loved your nba preview this season as well oh wow thank you very much it was uh yeah it's been interesting uh yeah these surveys really do help us so much appreciated to anyone that's reached out to us and told us that uh that you've done it and uh we're we're really excited to see the uh the results because hopefully they impact us in a positive way and we get some constructive feedback out of it Absolutely, and we are going to move our way through week eight here. We've got a long slate of games to get through, um, but obviously we've we've mentioned this as well. Uh, we're getting all of our lines here on BovadaSportsBook.com, so uh, definitely get there, check that out as well. But uh, Anshu, let's get right down to it. We've actually got the Thursday night game because we're recording early enough in the week to talk about it. Not that it's one worth talking about, but the Redskins go on the road. I'm, I'm waiting to see Case Keenum's last game. I've got him in our two-quarterback league, which is, has been pretty brutal. But uh, the, the Redskins coming in as 16.5-point road dogs. The Vikings have, have really looked better the last couple weeks with Kirk Cousins at the helm. Uh, what do you like in fantasy? What do you like uh, here betting-wise? Actually, you know, when you think of Minnesota, you think of those corners. In my mind, I mean, Xavier Rhodes, obviously, Trey Waynes. They've spent high picks on these guys, and Mike Zimmer's defense has been pretty impressive overall. But it'd be, you might be surprised to know that this defense has not been nearly that good against opposing receivers. In fact, 
they've been one of the worst over the past five weeks. So, um, you know, I, I think that that may bode better for Terry McLaurin than people might otherwise think. Maybe it's an auto bench because he is such an obvious flex option for so many. But I, you know, I think that you're you're good to fire up McLaurin. And then on the other side, it sounds like Adam Thielen is out. That means Stefan Diggs is all systems go against Washington's defense. And, you know, obviously with Dalvin Cook, you feel like this is a get right game for him for sure. Get right game for Dalvin Cook. I mean, I don't know. This guy's oh, been amazing. Yeah. He's coming off of probably his best his best week of the season. I mean, Dalvin Cook is right. I guess he's gotten right from last year, if you want to put it that way. But yeah, he's 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 uh, he's my favorite player in the league right now. So I love seeing him continued success. But 42, I'm staying away from it just because I think the Vikings are going to blow out. This might be my survivor pool pick this week too, uh, wow. even though it is here on Thursday night, and I like to save those for the weekend. It's just the one I think is most likely to turn out the way we expect it to. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to go with the Vikings there, but I don't think uh, I don't think you're taking the money line on the Vikings. You're basically giving away money to have to do that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fantasy implications in this one on the Minnesota side. Uh, and did, did we talk? Is Thielen is Thielen officially going to play? I don't know if you mentioned that or not. I may, may have missed out. it. He's officially, officially out. Okay. Officially out. So yeah, that's that's a big deal for Diggs then as well as you mentioned. So uh, moving on to Sunday, we've got Denver at Indy. Bovada's got it pegged at six and a half points in favor of the home Colts. Denver starting to look a little bit better aside from Joe Flacco. Uh, the defenses look better, uh, but they come in as six and a half point dogs. And the Colts are maybe the surprise of the season so far with Jacoby Brissett, who's a legitimate MVP candidate right now. Wow, that's crazy to say, but you know we warned the listeners that Frank Reich is an absolutely awesome coach and that maybe if there was a team that had a little bit of Ewing theory in them with Andrew Luck, it might be this Colts team. And they have proven to be able to overcome a number of injuries, including Malik Hooker in that defensive secondary. So the Colts, incredibly impressive to me. I think Frank Reich has to be right there amongst the coach of the year candidates, if not the coach of the year. Um, From a fantasy perspective, I mean, you see Emmanuel Sanders get traded from the Broncos this week. I'm a big fan of Deshaun Hamilton going forward, but your boy, Cortland Sutton, man. He, I mean, all systems go for sure for him going forward. He was already clearly, you know, the guy in that offense as far as receiving. I'm already 36 catches for almost 600 yards and three touchdowns. That should only go up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Cortland Sutton the rest of this season for sure. Yeah, Cortland Sutton's been a guy that I've kind of – hung my hat on a little bit this year. He's really one of the only calls I made early in the season that's panned out, but I've been uh, excited to see his success because I, I drafted him in three out of four leagues. So uh, I do like Cortland Sutton a lot. I like that call quite a bit. What about Giants-Lions? I know the Lions, uh, you know, we talked a lot about what happened in the game against Green Bay. They've looked better and better, but uh, they still, uh, you know, need to get some work done to, to be a legitimate playoff contender in one of the toughest divisions in football. If, if, if Chicago can do what you said about Dalvin Cook, and that's get right. But Detroit comes in as seven and a half, or excuse me, seven point home favorites on Bovada. The Giants do have Saquon back. He's still kind of nursing that ankle a little bit, but he's expected to get a normal workload this week against Detroit. Well, how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, going to be very interesting. Two teams going in the opposite directions health-wise. We saw on Johnson get felled for the rest of the fantasy regular season. Um, you know, this, this Giants team, for as good as they've looked with caveats, 
has not won a game since that, you know, that Buccaneers game. They did win again against Washington the week after, but they lose to the Vikings. They obviously get embarrassed by the Patriots in the second half of that Thursday nighter. And then they've got this Cardinals game that they lose last week, although by less than a touchdown. So um, I, like we said, I, I'm a fan of this Lions team. I don't know that I love the seven points and especially without carry on Johnson. I think that's tough. They also trade Quandre Diggs this week, which it looks like was Still, a, wasn't it very surprising, very unpopular amongst the uh, Lions players on social media. So you wonder if that has any impact and if this whole Patricia thing is coming back around as a negative, um, you know, with that locker room. So going to be interesting, but I still like the Lions to to win. I just I think that the seven might be a little much without carry on because I'm not sure what to make of Ty Johnson. Yeah, and obviously New York wants to continue to get Saquon more and more involved. It sounds like Sterling Shepard could play this week. Um, I know he's still fighting injury as well with the concussion, but I think if they get both of those guys back at some some close something close to a level of fully healthy, uh, this that makes this game a little bit more interesting, mm-hmm. especially with what you mentioned with Carrion, who was obviously playing good football for Detroit. It's tough to see now they're going to have that uh, running back by committee. Uh, which it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I know McKissick's going to get a few more touches than we expected, but uh, it sounds like it might be maybe a 60-40 split or so there in uh, in New York for excuse me in Detroit for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, I think so. I yeah, and I I mean I it's interesting because I believe the over under at Bovada is around 50, which seems a little bit high to me. I like I I would go low. I think that with carry on out, I'm not sure about Sterling Shepard. I mean. He wants to play, but two concussions in five weeks is kind of scary, especially for a team that's not making the playoffs this year. I mean, I, and a young player that they probably want around. Um, I, I just I think that it's going to be a lot harder for Daniel Jones to get the ball down the field than maybe previous iterations of this Lions team would have offered. So I, I actually really like the under in this game. I agree. All right, what about Chargers-Bears? These are two teams that really need to get right. The Bears are four-point home favorites, and good Lord, do they need a win. This is one of the lower uh, over-unders here on Bovada at 41, but uh, the Chargers on the other side of this, they're coming you know, halfway across the country. Uh, they've struggled to get Melvin Gordon going since he ended his holdout. Keenan Allen has had one of his worst statistical seasons after having what I think he had one good game in week two or whatever it was and mm-hmm. and Philip Rivers just seems to be playing from behind again and I just you know after last year the, the Chargers were one of the sexy teams they have some injuries early and, and and really haven't been able to get right since yeah I mean this has been a real disaster for the Chargers they've lost five of six games the Bears kind of in that same boat I mean they've lost what three of they've lost two in a row at least and I mean losing to the Raiders on a neutral site and then losing to a Saints team without Drew Brees at home. Not a good look. Hey, lock of the week. We're, we're back over 500, baby. Um, Love it. Yeah. But, Told you uh, you would be. <laughs> <laughs> not for long. But, yeah, no, I, I – you know, the Bears had a players-only meeting today. I don't know what – if that's going to help Mitch Trubisky learn how to pass because that's exactly what they need right now. I, I like the Chargers coming into Chicago and winning this game outright despite being four-point dogs here. Wow. I like that. I mean, I, I like that you're willing to make that leap. So you you are you are ready to just crucify Trubisky and and call it his career at this I mean, point. Do you think he could? Do you think he could be a starter here for for say five years in Chicago? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, and I think that they when do know you that. think they give up on him though? 
I think. Do you this think is, they make a trade for somebody this year, or do you think they see this year through and then and then move on and draft somebody, or, yeah, or, or think, trade for somebody in the off season? Yeah, I think you nailed it right there at the end. I think that after this season, they bring in one of those veterans. I mean, we talk about Jameis and Mariota this week. It came out that you know those two guys are likely to be moved on from by their respective teams, and you know if one of those guys, obviously Mariota's played with Mark Helfrich, who's the Bears' offensive coordinator. He seems to make a lot of sense for the Bears in the way that they want to run their offense. Um, wouldn't be shocked to see Jameis come here either if he was willing to play in the cold. I think that he would his arm strength would do well here, but I, you know I don't know if Nagy could reel him in. I just I I don't see them going with just Trubisky. I'm not saying that they'll cut ties with him, but I don't see him being their guy. You know their only possible starter going into next year. I would agree with that as well. Well, we'll see. This is a big game this weekend for both teams. And, uh, you know, if, if there's – I think it's not even about, like, the playoffs for either of these teams at this point. So, you know, just getting a win and getting getting kind of that, that one foot out in front of the other is going to be important for both of these teams. Uh, but I agree with you. I think the Chargers need it more than the Bears, and I think that oh, yeah. uh, they come out and get this one at least, you know, at least cover that four. So as your lock of the week, um, I think that's I think that's a safe pick, which is usually the kiss of death. Um, oh, yeah. So <laughs> Arizona, New Orleans, this is another one in the 12 o'clock slate. The Saints, uh, you know, they could get Drew Brees back this weekend. He's practicing, uh, and they said if he's healthy enough to play, they'll play him despite their bye week coming up. Arizona has won, what is it, three straight now, I believe, uh, coming in as 10.5-point road underdogs on Bovada, but their offense has been potent. Uh, obviously, Chase Edmonds has the big game, but David Johnson's still trying to get back to healthy. It's an interesting backfield situation, but Kyler Murray uh, has looked every bit of the number one overall pick, even at what a short stature he is. <laughs> he really has. And I mean, if you think about Arizona and one of the most underrated storylines this season is Cliff Kingsbury's offense has been, you know, this team was awful last year. They're three, three and one this year without Christian Kirk for the majority of the year with Larry Fitzgerald is essentially their only receiver. And, you know, it's basically just Kyler Murray and the Edmonds Johnson combo. I mean, it's not even like this offensive line is very good. So I think that Cliff Kingsbury deserves a ton of credit for this team. And remember, coming into the season, no Patrick Peterson at the beginning of the season, and they still managed to win two games without him, then they win last week with him. I'm just, I'm so impressed with him, and I think that he is not getting nearly the credit that he deserves given the roster that he has. Now, that being said, they have to go into the Superdome, like you said, possibly against Drew Brees. I don't see that getting them into the uh, over 500 column, but to be 3-3-1 so far I think is very, very impressive for them. How many games does Kingsbury need to win to be in the coach of the year running? Oh, boy, that's that's a good question. I, I don't think he'll win it because he'll have to go 9-6-1 and one probably. Like, he'll probably have to make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, 8-7-1 and one's not getting there. So, I yeah, I think he's got to win 9, and I, I don't see that with their schedule and with their current talent. But um, they're on the rise, man. They're, they are, they've got the right stuff in place, I think. Fair enough. A team that has the right stuff in place for the future to a team that does not at all. And that's in oh. London at Wembley Stadium <laughs> this weekend. And that is the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 13 and a half oh. on the road. <laughs> it's funny that the Los Angeles Rams are on the road in London, England. That 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 uh that works out, but I'm sure they'll have quite a bit more fans than the Bengals. Uh, I, I just I've I think I've given up on caring this season as a Bengals fan. I, I kind of hope they just give Ryan Finley a shot. I mean, uh, there's no use whether you think Andy Dalton is a franchise quarterback or you think he is a commodity that you could sell off to somebody like the Bears for a fourth or fifth round pick this offseason. You might as well not 
allow him to stand behind this makeshift terrible offensive line and get killed. Joe Mixon has like 250 yards rushing the whole season. He's one of the worst fantasy busts this season. And A.J. Green is literally doing everything he can to not come back from an ankle injury. I've given up. (laughs) That's my vent for the day. I had to get it out. Bovada's got it right. 13 and a half points is probably too little, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I just convinced myself into taking the Rams instead of the Vikings in my survivor pool. <laughs> oh, man. Not at a neutral site. But, I, I mean, I think that, man, this it's a tough look for the Bengals. But it sounds like Cordy Glenn is going to play this week, fully participating in practice. Will A.J. play? I mean, that, I think that if they yeah. start getting stuff together, you don't think he'll play? No, it's he's he's been deemed very doubtful. I don't see it. I think he's going to wait until after the bye week, at least until after the trade deadline, which I think on his part's a pretty smart move. But I I don't think we'll trade him. I think we if we get a better better value than Mohamed Sanu just got by from New England, then you have to at least consider it. If you can get a first round pick for him, you've got to consider it. But I, I at this point, I don't even care. Just I, trade him. <laughs> I can't imagine them moving him. Like, I mean, it just seems like all the beat writers that I've read have said basically that, you know, it sounds like the only guy that's out there to be traded is Tyler Eifert. I mean, it seems like they definitely don't want to trade AJ, and he doesn't want to get traded. I'm curious, though. You mentioned that he's probably sitting out through the bye. I've seen that, too. Why? Like, does he, he, he doesn't want to re-injure and get traded yeah but i i think honestly i mean i think i think that the the trade deadline is probably an important piece because he if he does go to a contender he wants to be fully healthy but i think at the same time he's he's had some foot and ankle and and leg injuries and i i truly believe he just wants to make sure that this is 100 percent before he gets back out on the field especially playing for a team that is 0 and 7 and may go 0 and 16 like why rush yourself back if you don't feel like you're 100 percent confident that there's no risk of re-injury of that particular ankle I, I don't blame him for not coming back until he's truly ready okay yeah i, I, I mean just, similar like Kawhi. remember Kawhi when he was in the spurs like he didn't want to come back until he was fully ready i kind of think of aj in that same vein only difference is here uh you know this team's probably not going to win a game with or without him at least the spurs <laughs> you know stayed in like the hunt for the seventh seed in the playoffs i so i think the difference there is that Kawhi was pissed at the spurs and people forget about him sort of winding his way out of town it seems like aj wants to be a Bengal. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying about wanting to play healthy and be as healthy as possible, especially going into his next deal. But like, I, I mean, his brothers are out there going 0 and 7 without him. Like, I feel like he, you know, the old AJ, the guy that you've talked about over the last few years, which I, I think he is, would have been out there like trying to gut it out now that they're 0 and 7. Maybe that changes the calculus a little bit, but I'm, I'm a little disappointed that he hasn't gotten out there yet. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed, but I also, like I said, I just don't blame him. And uh, and as far as like getting back to fantasy and and you know betting standpoint, like hammer the Rams thirteen and a half. But <laughs> fantasy wise, I, I I don't know the Rams. I mean, just I kind of think back to that game against Tampa Bay, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you get maybe a bounce back game from Tyler Boyd here. Oh yeah, Auden Tate's so looked dude. good of late. Uh, you know, the Rams do get uh, Jalen Ramsey now. This will be like his first, I think, true true game of knowing the playbook obviously he has a pretty big game in, in his first game in a Rams uniform but uh, I think that that'll shut down whoever's on the outside which will probably be Auden Tate uh, which which should give Tyler Boyd the opportunity to, to catch some passes out of the slot but I don't know man Joe Mixon it's it's tough to watch especially 
you know, think, having such high hopes for him coming into this year and, and that offensive line. Maybe Cordy Glenn does give them a little bit of a boost, but he hasn't exactly been motivated to get on the field either. So yeah, I, I think yeah. I think the best thing for us to do, Anchu, is just just move on. Just <laughs> move on to Jets, Jaguars, and uh, let's talk about a game that kind of matters. I don't know. I think I think the, the most important thing to talk about here is with the six-point underdog Jets on Bovada, and that is with your boy, Sam Darnold who was seeing ghosts uh, on the field last last Monday night, but uh, this past Monday night, I should say. Uh, in Jacksonville, you know, we've seen Minshew be really, really good, and we've started to see what Minshew maybe was expected to be. Which Minshew and which Darnold do you expect to come out here on Sunday? Well, certainly the Minshew you expected, and you've continuously said the guy is, you know, he's, he's played above his head, and, you know, eventually you expect the late-round pick to come back crashing back to earth and he has definitely done that in some ways obviously they beat the Bengals last week but you know they've they've he's not been that guy I mean it's been largely Leonard Fournette based he's averaging over 100 yards per game for this offense um it's kind of surprised at how pass based and pass happy they've been although John DiFilippo obviously that's sort of his calling card to your question though Sam Darnold man all-time horrible performance especially for like a decently talented quarterback or we think he's a decently talented quarterback I think like that that was just an unbelievably bad performance of course but you know this Jacksonville team especially without Jalen Ramsey has been kind of a sieve in all facets of defense so quarterbacks running backs receivers have all been better than average over the last five weeks uh, against this defense and for that reason I kind of expect the Jets to begin we know that their schedule is super easy down the stretch um, you know obviously a lot has been made of Robbie Anderson and these guys potentially being able to get right down the down the road but I think it starts here in Jacksonville with Darnold I'm assuming if the Patriots didn't totally break him that he's going to have a much better game this week it's amazing how much difference one player on the defensive side of the ball can make isn't it you oh, think about Darwin yeah. James in in LA and you think sure. of uh, Jalen Ramsey here, and obviously Mac uh, in in Oakland uh, mm-hmm. before before coming over to Chicago. It's just it's amazing how much of a difference one guy can make. Uh, even even the I was going to make a joke about Vontez Perfect in Cincinnati, <laughs> uh, but he couldn't stay on the field either. Oh, uh, man, I, I I'm I'm clearly pretty heated about the disgust I've had to watch over seven weeks this season. But uh, we've got a bye week coming up, so that'll give me a chance to just unload and 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 not worry. <laughs> that's right uh yeah jj watt same thing happened with the texans when he went out they were just a horrible defense so you're absolutely on to something there and i think it's something we need to pay attention to with this jacksonville team in particular agreed all right what about tampa bay and tennessee we thought we were going to see Mariota versus Jameis. now we're going to see Tannehill versus Jameis. the titans favorite at home two and a half point favorites on bovada what do you see here? I mean, Jameis is coming off of a bye, but if you remember two weeks back before that bye, he had uh, quite a game in in, in uh, London as well. I mean, what it was it? Five interceptions. He fumbled twice in two plays. Uh, Jameis Winston, you talk about getting right. Uh, this could be his last chance. I mean, there's not really a a, a a threat behind him as a backup, but I mean, as Bruce, if you're Bruce Arians, eventually you're going to get to a point where you've just got to take him out of the out of the game and out of the lineup. I mean, he is much not like happy. Tennessee did with your boy Mariota. It's true. I mean, but Tennessee did have the foresight to bring in uh, Ryan Tannehill, and the yeah. opposite was the case for Tampa with Fitzpatrick. 
they could have kept. Yeah, Blaine Gabbard is there. <laughs> um, last we saw Tennessee, they were beating the Chargers at home last week. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it because I do like Mariota. You know that I love I love the guy, but I, they looked a lot better offensively with Tannehill. He the last game and a half that he's been in, they've they've definitely moved the ball a lot better. Corey Davis's stock has suddenly risen from the dead. AJ Brown started to get a little bit more efficiency going. We need to see him on the field for more snaps and more routes, but so far it's been good. And I'm surprised at this line only two and a half. I feel like Tennessee to me is clearly the better team. I know Tampa's coming off the bye, and you know they've just been so up and down. But I actually really like Tennessee here, which means they're surely going to lose because I have. Nobody has any feel for the Titans. We really either of these teams. These are two teams that I just completely shy away from. Every time I think the the Bucks are dead and Jameis is trash, he throws for three or four touchdowns, and then he's being talked about as the top fantasy football quarterback. And the Bucks maybe could be a fringe wild card team, and then they'll come out and do what he did in London. Same thing with, goes for the Titans. I mean, they they crushed the Browns who were coming into the season with very high expectations. Obviously, maybe that was a little bit uh, too soon to say, but they've they've kind of been this pinball type of a season where you just don't know what version of them you're going to get. And with Ryan Tannehill, I expect that volatility to continue. I don't think he's going to be a quarterback that's going to provide consistency. I think he definitely lifts pieces of the offense, to your point. He can throw the ball downfield better than Mariota, uh, but he doesn't have the mobility. He's not going to uh, beat you out of the pocket as as much as uh, Mariota and and I just don't know you you if if we get the the Tannehill that we saw in Miami at times you're going to have the same type of inconsistent quarterback you're seeing on the other side of the ball so I'm staying away from this I think it's a pick 'em uh, I, I'm not touching it with a ten foot pole but to your point if you if you've got to go with Corey Davis in the flex spot on a bye week do it his his stock has risen uh, you know in Tampa Bay you know they've they've obviously got some weapons there as well but. I don't think you're starting their running backs, but they, they definitely have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball as well. Mike Evans should hopefully uh, get get something going, even though that Tennessee Titans secondary has done uh, done pretty well against some of the top receivers. So yeah. tough one to read. Definitely a tough one to, 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 to look at for fantasy purposes. I think we're both just kind of hoping that maybe we can start to figure these two teams out because I know for me, like Jameis Winston, I, I have to rely on him in our two-quarterback league, for example, and it's just so frustrating to have to rely on somebody that's so erratic week in and week out. Oh, you're preaching to the choir, man. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Yeah. But yeah, no, oh, that's, boy. Uh... Do, we, do, we, do we need to address the elephant in the room? I think we should just leave it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, basically, beat, I was one of those guys that everyone talks about that had the win, had the win locked up on Monday night, and uh, Darnold cost me it. So it was my own fault. But I had Edelman and Darnold with a four point lead, and Darnold scored me negative twenty. It's just absolutely absurd. It's that's just ridiculous. Which goes to show that our scoring is a little out there. But uh, yeah, yeah. If there's no efficiency on a, for a quarterback, and they're not completing a decent percentage of passes, it could really get ugly. And I've, I've had my fair share of those as well. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I felt for you, my friend. I truly I did. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. All right. One more 12 o'clock game, the Eagles at the Bills. This game, one of the more intriguing matchups, in my opinion, over the weekend. I mean, the Bills, uh, you know, obviously uh, playing way better than we expected uh, this year. The defenses look great. You thought they'd be 6-1 and one or 5-1 and one at this point? No way, no chance. Oh, I thought you said I did. Okay, no, we're on the same no. page then. And then the Eagles—they're that pinball effect that we just talked about with the Titans and Bucks. I don't know what to expect out of them, uh, but they did obviously uh, beat the Cowboys. Um, wait, no, they got—they got—they got beat by the Cowboys. That's that's yeah. the erratic. And they they were coming off of a win previously. Apologize, I totally messed yeah. that up. But but I don't know what version of Philadelphia to expect week in and week out. And they've had their fair share of injuries as well. 
who do you like here? I mean, the, t- the two-point line on Bovada is interesting, but uh, Buffalo, I kind of expect them to come back down to earth at some point, but are the Eagles the team that's going to do it? It's going to come down to whether or not that offense can put any pressure on that Buffalo defense. For sure. I, I mean, I'm still a believer in the talent and the coaching of the Eagles, but as Chris pointed out in this week's underdog, I mean, he launched on the Eagles. Like, you would have guessed they were 0-7 the way that he was just crushing them. I mean, this is a team whose schedule gets – like exponentially easier from here on. And I just think that it might start this week. It may not start this week. They might be three and five, but that even then, like the Cowboys aren't running and hiding. I don't think. And I just, I think that the Eagles ultimately their talent's going to rise to the top and the bills. When you think about the teams they've beaten this season, like, look, all right, they've, they are five and one credit to them for being the teams on their schedule, but they've beaten the dolphins, the jets, the giants, the Bengals and the Titans. Like, I mean, like, it's not, and then they got, they got beat by the Patriots. They hung with the Patriots to their credit. I don't think the Bills are a bad team. They're, they're clearly. The defense is for real, for sure. sure. But, but I don't, do you believe in Josh Allen? I just, I don't believe in him. Yeah, I don't believe in him. No, and I mean, for fantasy, he's good enough because he's going to run. He's probably going to throw a one touchdown pass every game. Might counteract that with an interception, but he's not going to kill you. Um where, you know, this is one of those games where Wentz might kill you just because the Bills have been so good, and there's just no one for... It it seems like this is a bad matchup for the Eagles receivers, and it's going to be a real test of Doug Peterson. But that being said, a talented team with their backs against the wall, I would not bet against them. So I do like the Eagles straight up. Yeah, and I think that this might be a case of the best quarterback wins in in, in the the game. Um, You know, the, the Eagles' defense isn't too bad. I mean, they've had some bad performances like a week ago that I just completely... uh goofed on but the Cowboys winning that game 37 to 10 I mean they just they they went off and you know your boy Amari Cooper was not even supposed to play he ends up having a huge game again Zeke had another big game uh I kind of think that this is a game where the Eagles are going to bounce back and continue that 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 back and forth that we've kind of seen out of them all right we've got three three o'clock games this week we've got Carolina at San Francisco the Niners uh six point favorites at home they're coming off of what was really a, a gross performance in a gross weather environment winning nine to nothing against the Washington Redskins and the Panthers uh still we don't know what's going to happen with Cam Newton at any point this season but for now it's still Allen what do you think about Carolina at San Francisco could it be a weird game I mean I, I Carolina like you said Kyle Allen starting he had started to regress a little bit when we last saw them they were in London like you had mentioned with Jameis and Um, You know, getting two weeks off is nice, and that helps them in this game. But, you know, I felt like the Niners essentially had a bye last week, even in that slot. And I just, I I mean, it's hard to pick against them. Like, I want to pick against them. I think Carolina is equal to the task of the. They're probably slightly worse than the Niners. I don't see them as deserving to be six-point dogs. But, you know, it's hard to bet against San Francisco, especially at home right now. And now that they have Emmanuel Sanders, I think Emmanuel Sanders is a great, great pickup for them. I don't know that he makes a huge impact right away. But long term, he's a, I think he's an ideal fit for that offense. So um, and for Jimmy Garoppolo's specific skill set, which is essentially short passes. So, I, I mean, I, I think that ultimately I, I like the Panthers to cover, but I would not bet against the Niners right now against this team. If they do win this game, I mean, do you how good do you think that record could be at the end of the year? Oh, boy. I mean, let's let's talk about that schedule. I mean, they're they're six and oh right now. Right. And then they've got Carolina at Arizona. Seattle at home, Arizona again. That's, I mean, that's week 11. So they could be 10-0 and 0 
without too much difficulty. Seattle at home on Monday night is going to be kind of tricky for them, I think. But they, you know, they have obviously that crowd really gets up for those games clearly. And then, then they have Green your Bay. boys. And that I think Green Bay at Baltimore at New Orleans. I mean, that's your test right there, right? Three of those games in a row. Can how do they emerge from that? Are they two and one out of that? Are they a thirteen and one team? with wins over some of these, you know, big-time NFC contenders. So, um, I mean, we're... I think this game is big for them, though, because if they go down to, to, to Carolina, I, I, you could easily well, see them losing – if they go down. I mean, if they oh, lose. Oh, go down to – oh, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. No, so, they, so they lose the, – let's say they lose to Carolina. You could easily see them losing to the Seahawks, then the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints, and, you know, Rams, Seahawks to close out Rams the season. I mean, those are some really potential – Potential losses. I mean, Arizona could even grab one from them if they can get, get the offense going against this uh, this really good defense that I think we're going to see. We're going to see one of those games out of this year where it's like, wait, what? Uh, we just we haven't seen it yet. So I, you know, that's a really tough schedule down the stretch. Uh, but uh, they've they've proven me wrong and proven me to be a believer. But I just Same. you know, watching that, it's it's going to be fun to watch the, how this team reacts to some of these tougher opponents going forward. I think that's an intriguing game for the weekend as well. And I think that line is a bit rich. I think Carolina can keep that game close. Uh, so, you know, if I'm betting on it, I'm, I'm probably taking the, 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 the six points uh, for Carolina. All right, let's go to New England. Uh, Cleveland coming off there Ooh. by 13.5-point underdogs on the road. Wow. I mean, you, you've got to expect Cleveland to put up some points, but but they've I mean, they've done a number on a lot of bad quarterbacks and Baker Mayfield has been really, really bad. Yeah, this is a great test for Freddie Kitchens. They've had two weeks off. They Before that, last we saw the Browns, they were getting beat by the Seahawks in a, actually a pretty close game and the Niners. They got absolutely bum rushed by the Niners, as we remember. So did they find a little something against Seattle at home or will this turn into another shit show essentially in New England? And I do not like Baker Mayfield's chances in New England. I mean, they've they've proven me wrong before. I mean, they I was shocked at their win over Baltimore this year. This is another team that I have absolutely no feel for. If they can't come off the bye and keep this interesting, even with how good this Patriots defense is, I just... I mean, this feels like a huge season tilter for me. To go to two and five would be a really tough situation to bounce back from for Cleveland. Yeah, and 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 what a tough matchup to to come into here. I I I don't see it. I mean, I I just Baker Mayfield has been so bad, and I, I you know that defense has has made a lot of quarterbacks just just really embarrassed. A lot of quarterbacks, as we just saw a week ago. So no I. I, yeah, sorry. Uh, didn't <laughs> mean to add insult to injury, buddy. No, it's all right. It's um, but yeah, I, I think New England wins it. I, I, I that, that spread does scare me. I'm not taking the 13 and a half, but no, uh, I, I think I think Cleveland at least needs to make it interesting, like you said. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to in this game. They they probably will fall to two and five. And what does that mean for Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield going forward? You've got a lot of really big names on this team. You've got Kareem Hunt coming back, who should add. A little pop out of the backfield, but uh, not quite yet. I think he's what a week ten return or something. Mm-hmm. So um, you know he's he's on the horizon. But if you're two and five, that uphill climb becomes pretty steep. Then they go at Denver, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, then Miami, which is a win, and then at Pittsburgh again. So not super easy upcoming either. No rest for the weary with the Browns. Amen. All right, Oakland and Houston. That'll round out the three o'clock games. The Raiders plus seven on the road on Bovada taking on the Texans, who uh, the Texans are another team that are hard to figure out. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, even with that makeshift line, he's looked pretty good at times this season. 
Yes, sir. And my shoe in of the week is right here, and it is Kenny Stills. I am a huge I like fan it. of Kenny Stills here. I think that the Raiders last week, they give up that garbage touchdown to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That was there all day as far as you know, players running down the field against this woebegone safety group. Gary Conley gets traded this week. I have no idea who's playing in the secondary for Oakland. I think that Watson gets it going with, with Hopkins for sure, and I like Kenny Stills as well. Yeah, and obviously Houston could use a bounce back in their own right. We talked about how surprising it's been to see the Colts' success, and, and that was a big win for them a week ago against these Texans. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I picked up Kenny Stills off waivers in a league. I think that he has a real opportunity here with Will Fuller being down, like you said, aren't you? And, you know, the, the Texans should be able to get the ball going through the air. I mean, really, really the entire Texans' offense should have some success against this Raiders team. You saw, I mean— you saw what your boy Aaron Rodgers did. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that I made the error of benching him against the Raiders defense, and he puts up his biggest, I think it was his biggest fantasy output in his entire career, if I read that correctly. Yep, so His first ever game of the program. I benched him in two leagues, and I, I won in one of them barely, but I, the other one I would have I would have probably had the highest points of my entire year if I would have started <laughs> him. So it was, a, it was a tough beat for me there as well. So I, I join you in the, in the, the bad beat category. This week, but I, I agree with you. I like Houston. I like everything on offense for Houston. I wish I had more Texans, but I like Kenny Stills as well. I also All right, think got- that 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 line minus seven that seems low to me. I know that the Texans are very up and down, and the Raiders have surprised us at times, beating the Bears uh, at that neutral site. And actually, they've had some really good wins for John and Gruden, considering how bad that group has been. I just, man, yeah, they're <laughs> this is going to be a, a problem for them. Agreed. All right, what about we've got your. Green Bay Packers on Sunday night football against the Chiefs. <laughs> Mahomes is practicing after the high ankle sprain, which is, or was it a high ankle sprain? Yeah. Did I get that yeah, right? It's his knee. Yes. It's his knee. A displaced knee. Oh, yeah, that's right. The uh, dislocated kneecap. kneecap. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like it's going to be Matt Moore, the journeyman who we've seen quite a bit throughout his career, the 35 year old journeyman. But uh, the Chiefs are at home, which makes a big difference for them. But Bavada and, and Vegas like. Your Packers, four-point favorites on the road. Uh, are we going to see Devontae Adams this weekend, aren't you? I know he's been working his way back from injury. I think that's a, a key in this matchup. Absolutely. Uh, Lafleur said it's basically going to be a game-time decision. I kind of expect him to play, actually, because this is the first positive vibes we've gotten out of him. He had never even been on the field uh, up till this point. I think that they know that they need him out there at Arrowhead and that raucous crowd. And, I, I mean, I really think that even with him – I don't like this line. Like, I, I think that the Chiefs plus four is kind of a, is ridiculous. Like, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to cover that. I expect this to be a one-possession game. I'm not sure that the Packers are going to do it. Like, they've they've looked so good recently, and to go on the road and have to beat a team and a coach like Andy Reid with a mini-buy, I just I don't like it. It smells weird. And, uh, I, I mean, the Packers might emerge from it, but I don't like them covering four. Wow. I actually like your Packers. I think I think they're going to cover this spread, especially, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see Mahomes. They're going to play it cautious getting him back. And I just I think that Packers defense, even though it's been somewhat erratic, uh, it gets back to form against Matt Moore and, and these Chiefs. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs have weapons. Maybe they rely a little bit more on the run in this game. Tyreek Hill still caught a big ball with Matt Moore throwing to him on Thursday night last week. But I just I think you're, I think your Packers are for real this year. I know you don't want me to jinx it because I literally am the kiss of death when it comes to this stuff, which is why it's so it's so important to have an expert like you on the show because I just uh. I. I 
I just continue to get things wrong. But it's it's all about it's all about the the, the game, and it's all about uh, the expertise that, that that you bring to the table. So I'm 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 ready to be devil's advocate. I think your pack is for real this year, and I think this is a game that sh- that that starts to continue. I guess should I should say to prove it. I hope so, man. I, I like this. The group is the vibe is good. I would love for them to make a trade. I think that they need one. I don't like that Sanu and Sanders got traded, although the Sanu deal is absolutely absurd in my mind. Um, but you know, I, I I would love for them to add an AJ Green or something to really put them over the top. But as is, I think that they're you know they're they're very good. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I like that Rogers is executing the offense the way he is, and um, I guess we'll just see. It's seven weeks in, the returns are good though. And what a way to end it. Monday night games this year, by the way, probably the worst slate of Monday night games that we've oh ever God. had. They've been so absolute bad. garbage. And uh, not to put it lightly, I mean, we've got Miami on the road in Pittsburgh. Uh, Mason Rudolph versus Ryan Fitzpatrick, a battle of absolute titans. And the Pittsburgh, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are 14-point favorites at home in a, I guess, a get-right game for them. This is another candidate for a uh, survivor pool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that this is a no-brainer survivor pick in my mind, although Ryan Fitzpatrick has given Miami at least some juice. Like, they're not the complete and utter embarrassment they were with Rosen, which is another knock against my uh, draft crushes. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Pittsburgh, if you got Pittsburgh's defense, you're super pumped. I know I have them in a league or two, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. But Pittsburgh coming off the bye, like, I, I just – if they don't win this, that – you know, you might as well just end their season right now. But last we saw them, they were being the Chargers in LA. So you know, maybe this maybe this Steelers team has something going. And I I was a little surprised they automatically went back to Mason Rudolph over Hodges because I thought that Hodges had a little something for him. Yeah, but Rudolph's your guy. I know, but like you know, Hodges looked better, didn't he? Like I mean, their offense definitely looked more. It looked better to me in that yeah. one game at least. But don't don't you think Rudolph has a I guess they have been Dinkin and Duncan when he's been in there, and he's been playing against the Bengals. Just look at that Bengals game. Like, they didn't yeah. even use him at quarterback for half the game. Yeah, that's true. It's not a good sign for my guy. We'll see, but, I mean, he should have a chance to, to look a little bit better against Miami, which maybe helps build some confidence. True, true. Unless that's he gets freaking cussed. This is also possibly the last game we see for the Dolphins with – Drake and um and like you know Devontae Parker and a lot of these other guys this is remember next week is the trade deadline so after that we'll I think the fantasy landscape will shift quite a bit let's let's address that before we call it a night uh let's let's talk a little bit about what you think maybe is the biggest person or name to be moved I know the Browns have been talking about a left tackle you just mentioned a couple names from the Dolphins that could get moved obviously we talked a little bit about the Bengals is there anybody maybe that we didn't mention that you think has a real shot of getting moved that could have some fantasy implications well, I think the biggest name that will end up on a different team is Josh Gordon because it sounds like Josh yeah, Gordon point. is going to be put on IR with bone bruises, but he, you know, it sounds like he's going to get cleared by independent doctors and then the Patriots have a choice to make. Basically, they'll have to cut him off of IR if he's healthy and if that's the case, I mean, he's a free agent and anyone can pick him up before he's a free agent for next season. And if you're any team and you're thinking about trading for Devontae Parker, why not just sign Josh Gordon? Like, as a Packer fan, I think that this guy, like, you just throw him out there and he's an automatic magnet on the field. Like, people at least going to get attention from other teams. So I just, I think that Josh Gordon ends up being a major factor for someone, maybe not actually in terms of production, but certainly in terms of drawing, you know, eyes and, and bodies away from other players on an offense. 
for your Packers, I mean, if 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 Devonte Parker doesn't uh, if he go if he goes somewhere and you guys can't get your 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 dream scenario with AJ Green, is he a guy that you could see adding value in in Green Bay at all? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It sounds like there's been some rumors that you know the performance of Alan Lazard recently has precluded them from wanting to go after guys like Emmanuel Sanders. I think that's absolutely silly. Like, I mean, fine if you like Lazard, you just stash him and see what happens. But like, imagine if you're your Bengals were in the Packers position and you were saying, you know, someone like Auden Tate or even, you know, like Alex Erickson's performance one week somehow shifted your team's perspective. Like, I I mean, I just think that's, that's silly, you know? And so I, I, I would be totally about just add another guy. Like, I mean, there's very little that you have to lose and you have a potential, you know, you've got the potential to be really competitive this year. And I would hate to just see that go because you're clutching on the third or fourth round picks. Yeah, and think about, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, I know you guys are all listening to this show because you play speculative editions of, of these kind of guys, these names that can be on the move, like like a Drake, you know, like a, like a Devontae Parker. I mean, this is the time to do it when you're going through the drudges of the fantasy football season and you have two or three guys on a bye week. Those speculative ads could be league winners for you. Absolutely. And I, I didn't address Devontae Parker specifically. That guy is a mega talent. Like, I'm... I'm a huge fan of his, and I think that if in the right position with the right offense, uh, like this guy could be, you know, like if he if he gets a spot where he's running routes on 80% of the game, like, I mean, that's that's a great guy to add uh, speculatively for sure. Agreed. All right, Anshu, we made it through our predictions for week eight. Anshu's are probably going to be a little bit more accurate, but we got through it nonetheless, uh, and we will definitely – be back again next week to talk about week nine, but good luck from a fantasy standpoint. Do the DFS thing, but we'll talk to you guys in a week. So our time has come to an end here on the underdog sports fantasy hour. See you guys next week.